1: Welcome to Zone Time, everybody. If you thought we were going to be on... A, we were already on summer vacation. again. Wrong. Nope.
0: <laughs> we thought we were on summer vacation.
1: We definitely did. And then a bunch of stuff happened in the last week. You all, If you're listening, uh, you hear the voices of Avery, Sam. Uh, Omar is here as well. I'm Julian. Uh, if you're watching, thank you for watching on YouTube, of course. Uh, we have to get through everything going on with the Calgary Flames because uh, they have lost a lot in terms of uh, some two big players in Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk. And later on, uh, we are going to have an in-depth conversation about Hockey Canada. That's a topic that we have to get into and we have to discuss. But we'll start with Calgary first, because this is a team that we thought partway through the season, they were going to look really good, maybe even beat the Edmonton Oilers in a playoff series. That didn't happen. Not in the slightest. Nope. And now Johnny Gaudreau is in Columbus? And Matthew Kachuk is in Florida. Oh, sucks to be a Calgary Flames fan. Omar, do you remember that time when we all thought Calgary was going to beat Edmonton in a playoff series? And
2: they were built for the playoffs. And Avery's looking at me weird as if he never believed that. (laughs) <laughs> well, I mean, like it's it's well, like on one hand, like yeah, we had the conversation on its own. time. I thought they were going to win that series, so I thought they were going to mm-hmm. go at least to the 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 Western Conference Final. I even remember before the playoffs started when the conversation was like, "What Canadian team has the best shot at making the final?" I think a, I think a lot of if not every every person said Calgary. So, like watching Jacob Markstrom ruin the team, I said it. I said it. <laughs> watching Jacob Markstrom ruin the team. And now, and now to see all the domino effects, it's like, holy frick, like, how did we get here? So, like, yeah, like, it's wild that you go from Calgary thinking you're, they're going to have a lot of success to a point where they're kind of like in limbo with a bunch of question marks. So, yeah, it's interesting.
1: Uh, Avery, you 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 disagreed what I said that most of us said that uh, Calgary's going to win that series. You gave me a, a stank face like uh, the great West Indian you are. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I love that. Yo, yo, can, can we talk? I, about I'm, wearing a, I'm, an, I'm wearing
3: a white blazer yo, right now. I'm he's wearing, he's wearing right like now. a
1: sun hat. He's wearing like a all white blazer. Like I said Sweet. off air, you go into the all white Jamaican Day party. Yeah, after boy. You done this? Absolutely. You definitely
3: look like a West Indian uncle right now. Mm. So. I know. <laughs> I just need to ta- the- 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 tell the towel over my over my shoulder. I'm good to go. Yeah. You know This party too. You're talking about the flames and yeah, that's y'all. Y'all picked the flames. That was not oh Avery Manner. I had everything in seven from the jump. So you know what? We stayed cool, calm, and collected with this fan here, you know. Everything going all the way. I said before everything was gonna find a way to outscore their problem. Oh my god. I mean they could have won game one. Remember, game one, Calgary's up five one, and it end up being halfway through six six.
2: I got lightheaded laughing that hard. <laughs> oh my guess <laughs> <besties, sir. laughs> That that
1: is that is up there in the pantheon of, of props from Avery, the, the fan, the the hand, That was amazing. Well done, sir. Well Thank done. You. Okay, so we got that wrong, Sam. Uh, one topic that I know you've been really into discussing is. Uh, the fact that Johnny Goudreau leaving seems like there's a few people out there who feel that he owes the city of Calgary for leaving. What do you you think about that? Can you let everyone know how you feel about that?
0: Uh, I think you need help. (laughs) help That's for those people,
3: not me. To be
0: clear, I don't think Julian needs help. I think that, look, I get being salty. Like, I boo Ryan Kessler when he comes, when he used to come back. He's on LTIR. Sure, yeah, he's definitely not retired.
1: Um, Did you boo his show too?
0: I enjoyed the show. Oh, I enjoyed the show, Mm -hmm. but I think Kevin BX carried it. Oh,
1: okay, all right, cool. Anyway, I I, I I didn't mean to take a shot at it. I enjoyed the
0: show begrudgingly. I did enjoy booing him when he came back, mostly because I thought it was funny. Um, but like, listen, if you want to be salty about someone leaving and like boo them tongue in cheek when they come back, yeah, I totally get it. But if you're out there being like, Johnny Goudreau stabbed this team in the back. He betrayed the city of Calgary. Seek help. Like, I'm sorry. I saw people be like, he needed to give them notice. Uh, he's He was on a contract with a end date. And so when you know what the end date is, you don't have to give anyone notice because that's how the contract ends. Like, pretty sure the Flames knew from day one when that contract expired. Pretty sure they had exclusive rights to negotiate with him. And, you know, if you don't have a backup plan as a general manager and your player hasn't signed and hasn't been like, Hey, this is the deal we're going to sign. Let's do it. Like that's on the general manager. And I'm not, not criticizing Tree living. I feel like he's actually done a decent job getting Cuberto and Uyghur back. Like it's not as dire as it was when Gaudreau left, but people who are like, he should have told them all along that he didn't intend to come back. Yeah. I'm sure. All of you who are saying this now would have behaved totally, totally reasonably if he had said halfway through the season, by the way, I hate it here. Peace out. I'm not coming back.
2: Honestly, like it's just there are things that you say as a professional sports person that you have to say right? Especially because the whole thing is like, you know, you don't want distractions around the game and stuff. Like, imagine if for like, like three years, or talking about is like, oh, when he's gonna, what's the next deal? What's the next deal? What's he gonna sign? What's he gonna sign? Like, you're trying to win, like, go deep in the playoffs, go far into the playoffs. And again, for this year, like, it seemed like that way. Like, and they all had incredible seasons. Gaudreau had an incredible season. Like, there was a time where like, people were saying he should be nominated for the heart, right? Yeah. And it's just like, at, at, and again, I know it's easy, it's easy to say from a distance, because it's not my team. But like, at the end of the day, man, players will go wherever they want to go. And players will say what they need to say. Like Sammy brought up Huberto and Weger. They said, you know what? They'd be open to resigning. Duh. What else are they going to say? No, I'm only going to be here for a, for a year. Then I'm then I'm gone. Screw the city. Like, of, of course, like, there's certain things that, that they want to, you know, to communicate with the public and, and things they feel that they need to and other things they feel they that they don't need to. And I think that's why the Johnny Goudreau, like, Player Tribune article was so – it was was very opening to seeing, like, all the things that kind of came – part it was part of the decision. Like, a lot of people got hung up on the he wants to go home, and I saw people, like, tweeting, like, maps of, like, you know, New Jersey and Columbus. And this is like, but when you read the Players Tribune article and see like all the things that were taking place like off the ice, it makes sense, man. You know what? Like, whatever. Let him do whatever he needs to do. He doesn't owe anyone an apology. It's his career. Let him do whatever he needs to do. I mean, a- oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say,
0: I want to take it a step further because people are like, oh, he, you know, he, when he knew that he wasn't going to come back, he should have told them.
2: Okay. So after you- the deadline.
0: But you, sorry, you sign a, you sign a contract as a player, you, you you get drafted when you're 18, 19, Mm -hmm. you have no rights about where you go for the next seven years, unless you like, you have no say over that. Even if you know, five years in, you're not going back, I would never, ever, ever tell the team I'm not coming back because you have earned the right to pit teams against each other. Like he could have gone to another team and been like, Calgary's offering me X, Y, Z. Like, what are
1: you going to give me? What y'all giving me?
0: Why would you, why would you ever shoot? Like, why would you ever take away your own leverage like that? Like anyone who expects him to do that out of some misguided loyalty to the city of Calgary, like get some help. It's ridiculous.
3: And people talk about, you know, oh, he owed the city. He owed this. He gave them right there eight seasons, a hundred point years. How much more does he owe the city? How much more he? Owe? How much more do you want from the man? Like, he isn't he isn't a robot. He's not a thing you control. Mentioned earlier, Omar. It's his career. It's his life. He gave them eight years. And you want him to give back more? Like,
0: shut up. It's not your life. Get out of the man's life. You don't want a player who doesn't want to play there anyway. Like, look at it's, look at the connection. Mark Messier
2: thank you any
1: constant leader constant professional mark messier by the way yeah that
0: he's gonna walk off the set
2: oh my god <laughs> yes. he's
0: been a pro.
3: He's, i met him before good man mark messier
2: oh it's so I it's so annoying man.
3: <laughs>
1: <Wow>. <laughs>
2: hey
1: uh mark messier has some pretty great lays commercials back in the day he's got that cool subway one now
2: Oh yeah, we have to like lift something. And It's just like, yeah, yes, we get it. You that are. is
1: great leadership on the part of Mark Bessie. All
2: right, I've done enough leadership jokes. Oh, Mark, finish your point. <laughs> um, oh my gosh, wasn't it? This... Uh, yeah, yeah, no, like it's it's like it's so hypocritical because it's like, like fans will always say like, oh, we only want people who want to be here. Okay, so like, what if you knew that he didn't want to be here like five years ago? Oh, then trade him. Yeah, because it's that easy. Like, like, <laughs> it's so oh The trade him, get him out of here. Like, yeah, but like you need to like facilitate. You Can't just say trade me or I want to be traded and it happens. If that was the case, Pierre Luc Dubois would be on seven teams by now. Oh, but anyway, so it's like like there are certain <laughs> things I, I, I want I wanted I want to take a shot at Pierre Luc Dubois because I, I saw earlier that he I saw earlier he made it, he had a video saying like I didn't re- I didn't request a trade, like okay, okay, Pierre, okay, man, whatever. Um, but yeah, it's just like at the end of the today. day, at the end of the day, man, just like just leave the man alone. Like he's he's starting a new chapter, whatever. And again, to Sam's point, you're not starting from square one. You have Rubidoux and Weger And now, now the goal is, okay, what can you do with this season, hopefully in the playoffs, to make sure something like this doesn't happen again or you set yourself up for the future?
1: That's, a, that's why I put out that tweet, by the way, the other day about, um, man, shout out Pro Sports for getting everyday people to side with billionaires as opposed to millionaires who dictate their future. Because for whatever reason, whatever we see – This is not just a hockey problem. Whenever we see an athlete as a free agent with the possibility of staying with his team, but he says, you know what? I'm going to go somewhere else. We all just lose our minds and forget about the fact that if we were in the same position, we might do the same thing as those players. And on top of that, show loyalty to a team that if they have the chance would flip out that contract, like it's nobody's business. We've seen people this offseason. Max Pacioretty got flipped for nothing. Mm, and not, literally for nothing, for literally nothing it's like yo we don't want your contract anymore dog like you're done get out of here for future considerations for nothing yeah.
2: what york strand oh, got traded days after his wedding man there's no such thing as loyalty this is a professional sport jonathan huberdo like
1: learned that he was getting traded what like minutes before everyone else did come like, on or, just around that time Yet he, he thought he was gonna get extension in florida and like nope we dealing you away like what right you know what's the best, too, as well?
3: During a lockout, people say, oh, those greedy players. What? What do you mean those greedy players in a lockout? I don't get people in a lockout who side with the owners. Like, you're going to side on that side of the workers? Come okay, on. have fun.
1: Come on. You out, here, so, you out here signing with Aquilini? You out here signing with, look, the owners, they do what they need to do. I'm just mentioning the owner's name. I have no smoke with uh, the Aquilini family. Please don't send them after me. My whole point is <laughs> these people make billions of dollars completely different tax bracket to you and if you're going to direct your 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 fear and anger to someone who makes much less who is essentially cattle in comparison to those people i think you have to really think about the economics of sports i, I really like on top of getting help you know go read like a book on i don't know if there's a good book on e- economics of sports you can just read i'm sure there is uh but like do that you know, like, educate yourself. Understand yeah. that. I don't know. That's that's my feeling on it. Omar, are you reconciling with the fact that because all of this is happening with, with guys like Johnny Goudreau wanting to go home and Matthew Kachuk getting out of Calgary, that it probably means Austin Matthews wants to go home, too? <laughs> <laughs> I'm
2: just kidding. It's not it's, going to
1: happen. It's,
2: com- it's a completely, like, okay there are these are moments where i understand All right, everyone give omar his three minutes yeah literally pull out these, your these props,
1: the, pull out your food
2: get everything you need to do to enjoy omar going off these are the moments where I, I understand if you're a non-lease fan i understand how annoying it can be because the second the kachuk thing happened it immediately turned into oh is austin matthews next and i get it I understand it. He's the best player on like the, one of the most profitable teams in the, in the league. I get it. I understand it. Completely different situations, completely different. Now, if it ends up being that way, you know, if they don't make the playoffs next year, or if it's another first round exit, I understand it. I get it, but completely different situations. And like, I, I know I saw a lot of people like tweeting at me or tweeting about it in general saying like, Oh, well no American player has ever spent, spent their entire, entire career in, in Canada. Okay. Okay maybe this could be it completely different. He loves the city. He loves, he has an opportunity to be the greatest leaf of all time. Like of all time, like the numbers he's been putting up. Yes, there isn't playoff success yet, hopefully, but like, just give them an opportunity, man, give them a chance. So just because Goudreau and Kachuk did something doesn't mean that every American star in Canada is automatically going to leave because you know what? Let's flip it. Let's flip it. Every, every Canadian player in the States is going to move up. No Canadian players in the, in the states. That's it. Yeah. John Harris like, John Harris You've got the, the exactly. bed sheets. Exactly. That's it. Like, listen how, how ridiculous, to ridiculous Toronto, that sounds. And everyone listen, will love him. And listen not to how jump on ridiculous. That sounds so ridiculous. Every Canadian player in the in the states is gonna move, move, move to Canada. No, man. It's it's different things, circumstances, um, uh stage of life, opportunity, whatever. So just because Kachuk C- C- and Gaudreau went, you know, went to the states doesn't automatically mean Matthews is going to, and to be honest. I really don't think he's going to, but things might change. Who knows? And if and if he do, and does end up leaving, then it will not be because oh, well Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kachuk did it, so I'm going to do the same thing. No. However, let's let's not put that into the universe. Let's not put that into the into the minutia. Let's you know let's let's let's, let's hold on to the, the the small little nugget of positivity that I still have towards this team, and I'm going to imagine that. You don't have four. to do a damn thing. That's just you. The minutia. I, All I, right, I mean, Kyrie that, Omar. That's fair.
1: <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. whoa. Omar
3: Irving over here now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> kind of funny, actually. Uh, it's kind of funny that Matthew Kachuk got traded and Kyrie Irving didn't get traded. Actually, funny enough, bringing up Kyrie Irving Oh no, or Kevin God. Durant, we're that still doing so- this, and those two guys are still available in their
2: sports. Not some is oh. if this recording is still.
1: Caddy's
2: going, to- Caddy's staying in Colorado, man. Yeah, I think, it's, I think he's staying at this He waited point. too freaking long. How, how long has it been now? Like, two weeks? Come on now. Like, what? Yeah, he's, he's like, staying. come on. He's staying. Who's like, giving him the bag now? <laughs> Maybe Calgary. Like, Darren Ferris has a lot of players who are making a lot of money. So, you know, he, obviously he's doing something right. But this is a prime example of how his, like, his whole I'm going to make it a world tour thing doesn't always work. Like, he's he's staying. In who Who else is going to sign him? who else like no one else has the cap space to at least no one else of I Portland, was
0: Colorado <laughs> yeah <laughs> that's uh, that's
2: also fair that's also I mean like at the listen if,
0: if this was before before the Natushkin and Josh Manson contracts that would have been one thing but they had a lot of money tied to those two players
1: oh they really signed Chuchu trained to like eight I years was literally
0: like what Ooh. like oh not questioning them but those are the first contracts they've signed in a long time that are like giving me some anxiety.
3: Yeah, the Avrin now have 44 cents to their name.
1: Mm. Yeah, who are they going to move out? If they so, like, if they keep Codrey, like, who are they going to move out to make that work?
2: And I take we that back. We don't have to Never deliberate mind. over that. No, <laughs> I, I take that back, man, because man, Nathan McKinnon only one more year. Man, yeah, I take that back. Never mind. That, that's Never a mind. bad man that I mean, has to be. I don't picked. think
0: they're going to re sign Eric Johnson.
2: Nope. That's but. fair oh yeah oh oh yeah oh six okay yeah yeah yeah, he's fine
1: okay all right well I'm sure they'll find a way to to get out of that um I'll just say this one other thing about Matthew Kachark, too I'm still very surprised that Florida ended up being the team I was very convinced that St. Louis was going to be the team and I think he even admitted as much when he spoke to Jeremy Rutherford the athletic that he did envision himself there and then when you learn that St. Louis, reportedly, their trade offer for him, started with, like, Vladimir Tarasenko and, and Marco Scandella,
2: like, like, it started with those two pieces. Like, what? Former, former Montreal Canadian Marco Scandella? Yes. Yeah, yes. That's, a, that's a dial tone. That's a, that's a dial tone. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. What does it being a former Montreal Canadiens player okay, have to do with anything? We're, we're, we're going to offer you Vladimir Tarasenko, yeah, and Marco, uh-huh, scan like... No, like, are you kidding me? No way, no way.
1: So, so Jordan and Kairou, those those two words were not mentioned in the negotiations.
2: I mean, wow. I guess their own un- man. I guess they probably didn't want to didn't want to move them, but geez, like, you're removing. Come on, come on. Right. Yeah, I don't know how you go through that. That's a GM who wasn't ready. To, who either wasn't ready to play ball or thought that they could lowball them and see what see what could happen. But yeah, I guess that has to be it, right? Because yeah, you know, because he, if he signs the Q, I
1: mean, if he goes through arbitration and gets like that one year or whatever, you just say, okay, we'll just get you next year. That has to be what they were thinking, right?
2: Maybe. Yeah, maybe That's they didn't Maybe they did think. think that any other team would be willing to actually like pay a significant price. That's actually kind of funny. I wonder how they felt that. <laughs> I wonder how they felt seeing it like, oh, damn. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Eight years, Oops. nine and a half. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, okay, one last thing uh, before we move on to the other topic uh JT Miller is out there uh our good friend Thomas Trance wrote a whole piece in the Athletic earlier today uh about how all these different things have happened how do they affect the Canucks how does this affect JT Miller why is he still a Canuck why is this still going on like I don't get it Sam I don't get it
0: I'm supposed to be able to explain Vancouver Canucks
2: oh it's a cannot but it is a very good point right like like I don't know I have this like Sam like did how at a scale of one to ten like how sure were you that he was gone at the deadline
0: uh I wasn't sure he was going to be gone this deadline
2: Mm. I think he'll definitely
0: be gone by next trade deadline but it's super risky, right? Like, there's no guarantee he has another season like he's had for the last year.
2: Yeah. I mean, like, wouldn't you try to trade, man? Like, I'd probably try to trade him now. Like, I'd see the return for, like, for what Kachuk got, and I'd be like, okay, that yeah, we That was the not, first thing I him. tweeted,
0: trade JT Miller.
2: Yeah, like- I saw not- that
0: Kachuk trade, I was like, trade JT Miller. Although, to be fair, like, he's, He's closer in age to Huberdeau, right? Like he's not. Yeah, that's fair. He's he much is. closer yeah. in age to Huberdeau. His next contract is going to be massive and his last one. And like whoever signs that is going to have to take on the risk of him in his mid to late thirties.
1: Is there Are we already seeing like teams just being very gun shy about those players? Because I mean, Nasim Kadri were talking about earlier, talking about him earlier, like no one's really bringing out the bag for him. Jonathan Huberdeau. What,
0: there's a significant chunk of the Canucks fan base that's like you can't trade JT Miller he's our best player you have to resign him and I'm like
2: wow that, has the, I mean has the Eve's faith really in Pedersen really dropped that far man uh
0: I don't think so I just think there's there's a segment of there's a segment of the fan base that loves the way JT Miller plays and those are the people who don't love the way Pedersen plays probably didn't love the way the cities played
2: Oh, that's, mm. that sounds familiar. I wonder familiar. what the connections are
0: there. What, what the connections are, Sam?
3: That
2: sounds mm. familiar.
0: People with no taste.
3: <laughs> I mean, mm. there is value to JT Miller, but if you don't believe he's if you believe that person isn't better than him, or if the Deans weren't as good, well, you know, that's a you problem.
2: And, is, and I'm not. He's had
0: a, he's had a fantastic two seasons, but you wow. should have traded him at the peak.
2: Yeah.
0: At the absolute peak, like that's what should have happened. But I think, as usual, they. Try to straddle the line between being competitive and when he's one of your only players who's producing, it's pretty hard to trade him. They've they've yet to commit to a full rebuild.
2: Yeah, and I guess thinking about it now, with all with like what the moves were in the off season, like you got to think the plan is to try to make it. Yeah. The Pacific Division's weird, man. I'd believe it. I it. It believe it if they. <laughs> I believe it if. Yeah, they made at this it.
0: point, I I believe it if they made it, but it doesn't mean they're good. Like we said yeah. before.
1: This yeah, is, yeah th- that Pacific is going to be weird because like Calgary is in the spot that they're in right now. Vancouver is in a bit of a weird spot. And you know the who Kings. could come all the way back and make the playoffs? The Vegas Golden Knights, who went through the shitstorm they went through this this past year. But hey, uh, maybe something works. I have no idea. Maybe Jack Eichel finally touches the playoffs for the first time in his life. Or they trade him Maybe. Meeting. Oh, or they trade
2: him again.
1: <laughs> Could you imagine that? How wild that would be after all that. He sat through that whole thing last year, with the neck yeah. surgery and everything. Vegas is just like, nah, man, we don't use your salary. Here, a uh, lot- here's a one way ticket to, yeah. I don't know.
2: I had a lot of people come for me for a tweet I had, where it was just like, uh, where I think like the Vegas gold medalist, one of the teams interested in Kachuk. And I was like, Oh, you know, it'd be, I guess it'll be sad to see Jack Eichel go in the trade. And then I was, <laughs> people were like, Oh, but like, but he just got there. I'm like, what's your point? <laughs> <laughs> like, haha, oh, that's so funny. I'm like, have you not been paying attention to your team? Like, they they trade for someone. They're there for like a year or two, and then they trade them for nothing, literally or virtually. Mark, who did they get for marc Andre Fleury? No disrespect to whoever it is. I have no idea. I cannot tell you. And the man won the Vesna. He won yeah. the Vesna, and I have no idea who he was traded for. Mark Andre so, like, and
1: Fleury man. He, he overcame a lot, man. Just with, with the, I I mean, just the fact that he had that sword like lodged into him and he still found a way to, to perform really well. Like, what? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, like, come on, man. you know, he could have could bled have out. You know. Absolutely career yeah. Alan Walsh, please don't come for me. Please don't. <laughs> All right. That's as much as we can go on uh, with regards to the Calgary flames. Look, if you're a flames fan, I feel for you right now. Things are really weird, but Hey, Maybe things will be brighter in the Pacific Division next year, or the rebuild I will don't begin. I feel bad for them. Oh,
0: Kubera and Uyghur is like a good return.
1: It is. I mean, that it's, is that yeah. That is but very like it's, That's it's a- not. But it's not Kudrow and Kachuk, and they were they were great
2: okay, players. I feel
0: bad about Goudreau, but like I don't think it's clear cut that losing Kachuk for Kubera and Uyghur was a downright.
2: Yeah. I still like. I know a lot of people are saying that like. That like the trade is like kind of like iffy for Calgary because like what if they don't resign? But I'm like right, I I saw the details at first and I was like, Man, I think Calgary won that one. I don't know. Like, again, we saw to see hockey being played, but like from looking at it, I was like, they got Hubrudo and Uyghur and a first and a and a decent prospect who might play next year. Like that's a that's a lot, man. Like it's a blockbuster trade. It is, yeah. Like, it could be a scenario where both teams end up walking away, like, okay. I or, thought
0: they won that trade even without seeing that there was a first and the prospect.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, and it was I just those two. two like, just those two pieces.
1: Yeah. And
0: there's there's nothing preventing Brad Tree Living from doing the exact same thing he did with Chuck for Huberto. Like, that's true. he wants to make that trade with Montreal before the trade deadline. That's completely open to him.
1: You that's see how true. Sam out
2: here mentioning Montreal, getting Montreal Canadiens fans excited? That's purposeful. That's very purposeful. I mean it's true. Yeah. If they have a like a weird year, if Markstrom, you know, continues to the fall <laughs> and then hey, if you're at the deadline and say, Okay, I have Uyghur, I have Huberto. get a get a whole bunch of picks, prospects. You're at the bottom half of the league, you get Connor Bedard. Man, Goudreau, of a dart who, of the sea, man, right? Goudreau, who, holy. because
0: they got Mackenzie Uyghur, and they're paying him less, less than Eric Branson is making on his new contract. <laughs> that's, that's, oh. oh. I, I feel yeah. like that's an upgrade for them. That could Branson colu- be lives. That
2: they're could out Branson Columbus for soul the-
3: in Columbus. Like, what are you doing, Columbus? Like, why? Yo. Why?
1: What's the problem? Shout out of that to that having the best contract signing of the free agency market by I getting the throw 110. <laughs> ten,
2: They're the worst. Yo, man, Columbus was like Columbus was on a high. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. The, the, I bet like Yarmo
1: Kalinin was like celebrating because I'm like, okay, no one will roast us for the Eric Goodbranson deal anymore.
3: Nah. Like how he's on a four by four.
1: That's what I'm not saying. He should get his money,
3: but a four by four.
1: Man, look, I'm not a GM. I can't really comment on these GMs like that. But you know what? Fine. We'll just talk about them from our purchase here on Zone Time. And now we have to make a very, very, very tough transition from all of the, you know, the offseason stuff with the Calgary Flames to another story that has been kind of percolating in the background over the last little while. I know we talked about playoffs and, and everything going on there. And now we're at a point where we cannot ignore the Hockey Canada story anymore because it has evolved to a point well beyond that I thought it was going to be at. Essentially, just to kind of give the Coles notes here, the Federation's dealing with two scandals involving two of their previous World Junior teams. Uh, one in 2018, after an incident, uh, I should actually mention a trigger warning here. We are going to be uh, discussing uh, events that uh, involve sexual assault. Uh, yeah, in 2018, a lot, well, I should say this, and I'll make sure I'm composed for this, but a lawsuit was filed earlier this year alleging that a sexual assault incident took place involving members of the 2018 World Junior Team after an event in London. And in the last few days, uh, we've heard that Halifax police is reopening an investigation surrounding a potential sexual assault that happened during the 2003 World Junior Championship. And we've seen all these statements from players from both teams saying that they weren't involved or weren't engaging in wrongdoing. Uh, Over the next few days, we'll see Hockey Canada uh go through some parliamentary hearings as well uh we've heard about the supposed slush fund that was out there being paid out for sexual assault claims We know the Globe and mail has been on that we know the athletic has been on that rick westhead with tsn has been on that it's a lot to process we're going to try to talk about this as best as we can and like look it's not a surprise we all think it's abhorrent and disgusting what's being put out there but i think there are just so many like frustrating details about this and Sam I should we should shout out Sam because her and George on the broadcast podcast in the last episode they did a great job just discussing it and a few other different topics I would love to know from you Sam of all the details that have surrounded hockey Canada over the last how many days and weeks and months is there something that stands out to you that's like more frustrating than anything else or maybe not even a detail but just Anything about how this all has unfolded? That's just really frustrating.
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, all of it is pretty frustrating. I, I thought, for starters, uh, the the manner in which uh, Scott Smith and Tom Rennie showed up at the first parliamentary hearing, where they were woefully underprepared, uh, I thought that was embarrassing. Um, that they weren't able to answer questions put to them by members of parliament was embarrassing. Uh, and frankly, I think they shot themselves in the foot. Like the, the reason they have to go back for two days now with way more witnesses is because of how badly they performed in the first one. I think they, it was clear to me that they did not take it seriously and that they thought this was going to go away. Um, I think the, the two other things that have stood out to me is Hockey Canada releasing that statement a couple of days ago, where they said it's come to our t- attention that they heard a rumor that quote unquote, something bad happened at the 2003 world juniors. They said they had heard about it a few weeks ago, which, you know, no one ever heard about. And then they said they hired an independent investigator who wasn't able to find anything, but somehow they were able to put out this statement to say oh, well, Rick Westhead called us yesterday and he had found out all of this stuff. So you're telling me you hired an independent investigator who in two weeks could find absolutely nothing. But Rick Westhead spoke to multiple witnesses and had a full story. Like that smells either your independent investigator is completely useless or you didn't take this very seriously again. And the last thing that's really frustrated me is I think, um, and I, I appreciate that some sponsors have said they're redirecting their funding, but the cutting of funding to Hockey Canada as a result of the men's program actions is negatively impacting the women's program through no fault of their own. And to me, that discussion has been lacking as well.
1: Yeah, that's very well said. Uh, and, and we've noticed, in, at least in the hours before we started recording today, uh, some members of the women's program put out a statement. Calling out Hockey Canada, are, do, Avery and Omar. Are there other details about this that have also been boiling in your mind? I can let uh, Avery start first.
3: Uh, I would just say that you know, ah, what's going what's going on here? I'm so frustrated that there have been no resignations yet. That there have been no firings yet. Hockey Canada cannot exist as is. It still cannot. People need to be terminated. We need to see new leadership come in to change anything. I don't trust the same group who say they're going to fix this, you we know, we're going to address this, addressing anything. They haven't done anything in the past 10, 15, 20 years. And now you want to also trust you in correcting this and fixing the wrongs? I'm sorry. I don't trust any of you to correct it. And Bob Nicholson, who was the president when all this is going on, why hasn't he spoken yet? Why has he not come out yet to discuss this? He should not be allowed to be silent on these matters. I don't care if he was president now. He was talking Canada's boss when all this went down. He should be speaking on this today or tomorrow.
1: Okay. What about you, Omar?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think Avery said it it best. The, The thing that comes up And I think about all and every time there's there's new information or if I'm thinking about the things that have come up, it's the trust element where we're expected to trust the people who were part of enhanced and allowed the problem to continue. We're supposed to trust that they're going to be the ones to fix it. They release this. Hey, this is our action plan. I'm going through the action plan and I'm like, "So so you're saying that these things weren't in place now. And now we're supposed to believe that there's going to be harsher, harsher penalties about, about this. I think about when the tweet came out of the article that said that registration fees were used as aspects of this fund. Right. Go, seeing parents saying like, so this is what, what, this is what the fees were uh, that I was using for we're going towards. I think about the conversation all the time about like how, You know, getting into hockey like at a high level is so expensive in Canada, and there are so many kids and families who aren't able to pay the fees to do it. And then learning that the fees that parents are using to put their kids in these programs is used to covering up this filth—it's just, it's there, there's, there's, it's, it's so, it's so sad, it's so sad because I remember back like ten years ago, the, 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 the huge question or the huge topic when it comes to Hockey Canada is like, oh, is goaltending a problem? Do you remember that? that was I remember a that. Debate. Like, oh, is is Hockey Canada developing enough goaltenders? Go on Google and type in Hockey Canada and what do you see? This all this freaking garbage. And, and then, and then more and more things are going to come out. And I think that's why it, it's so good that we have journalists who are actually trying to get some justice and actually change things for the better. And, Like as much as it's good for for survivors and for those who went through this to 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 I guess be part of part of change, it's also like shocking and horrifying that there's probably so much we don't know, so much we don't know. The 2018 thing hasn't even hasn't been hasn't been um rectified yet. The 2003 thing just came out. Like Mm. what else is out there? And then to Avery's point, how can we trust you to be in place? To deal with it so i i don't know how they try to walk away with this with the exact same people and say you know what we're, we're fine we're good we have we have this plan we have this action plan like it, it's not going to be enough and i it's completely bogus and i hope people a lot of people see it uh see for what it is that it is bogus
1: yeah i i you know, on the subject of trust my biggest thing that kind of bothers me is just seeing the statements from players and i understand they have their lawyers up and they can go through whatever they go through with the investigations, but just seeing players on either team say that they didn't know what happened. I don't know. I mean, that's their word. If that's what actually happened, I guess that's the case, but I just feel as if like for stuff like this, I mean, I just keep thinking of the excerpt from Jordan Tutu's book where he says that, you know, his the junior team that he was on got plenty of attention and a lot of sexual activity happened. That doesn't mean that the, assault happened, or he's saying that that was in the book, but like, I just have a hard time thinking that a lot of the guys could just say, you know what? I didn't know this happened. Consider what we know about hockey consider how we know about teams coming together. And, and just, I, I just have a hard time kind of my extending that trust out to those players, but I can also understand that they are, you know, they have a right to due process and things can be proven the way that they are. But in terms of the but I think I have a right to feel that whatever trust I have in those players for being good people is shattered. I, I think that's fair. And that you're
0: you're right about that. In that, yes, they're entitled to due process. I'm by no means saying that. Absolutely.
1: Um, no, yeah. And
0: but I think when your statements don't when the statements you're putting out say I had absolutely no knowledge of anything related to this incident, I only found out through this.
1: Yeah, that's that, it, that, that, a bit that bugs me.
0: It's hard for people to accept that explanation because what we get the rest of the time from players is you guys as fans don't know how tight we are. You don't know what we're like in the locker room. We are a band of brothers. We go through the trenches together. We are in war together. And now you're telling me that, you know, you spent two weeks together in the same hotel rooms. And after years of telling us that you guys are super tight, you're like, I don't know a single thing about what these people do when they're not on the ice.
1: Make it make sense. Yeah. That's my, thank you for explaining that well, way better than I could because that doesn't make any sense to me.
3: No, the math isn't mapping. It, it seems impossible. It, it's, it's really hard to believe that. It really is.
1: I don't yeah. know. And, and yeah, look, I, I feel like with everything going on and, and more and more details coming out here, I don't know how Hockey Canada gets out, gets out scot-free from this. I don't know how he gets to a point where, and I understand that Tom Rennie is on his way out. I I can't see Scott Smith staying. I can't see so many other execs who are there staying. It wouldn't surprise me if they end up disbanding Hockey Canada. I understand maybe it's a little weird to kind of speculate on what the punishment could be, but if after all of this, you know, after all the hearings, after all of these stories, after all of this, if it turns out that, you know, what happened actually happened and, hockey can is just allowed to stand and some of the same figures are still there what was this for right yeah surely there's going to be just punishment coming if it's needed but like there it needs to be like hard justice here
2: yeah and i yeah. think the the it man grow, growing up as a hockey fan in canada like you like we we know the the, the script all the 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 huge dramatic commercials and trailers that they would play before World Juniors and stuff when you know they're when they're putting these teams together is they say the same thing you know what we want to get good good people who are on the ice off the ice character all the all of this stuff and then when there are opportunities to prove that that actually matters we get nothing and yeah I I get I get the legal system I, I get the process I get it but yeah. like how I don't, <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I don't know how, how, how they stay. I don't, I don't know if they, if they, how they try to even Avenue uh, a, a universe where they try to like walk by and, and think that everything is okay. Um, and if that does happen, then I'll be thoroughly disappointed. Yeah. Uh, and, and so many things, because for the longest time, anytime we brought up the idea that hockey has a cultural problem we'd always hear no of course not no no we do this and we do that and we do this and we do that well we've learned a lot in the last year that says otherwise Uh, put up or shut up at this point Sam
0: I was just gonna say to Omar's point about like the things we thought about these teams um kind of a, the, the 03 04 teams were kind of when I really got into the world juniors and I remember complaining in the last few years that the TSN specials in between intermissions and like pregame were not as good in terms of production quality and storytelling as the ones that we got back in 03 and 04 like I remember I I'm sure I have them recorded somewhere like on VHS tapes like the stories you got about like footage of these players in their backyard rinks growing up and like we were sold stories with high production value of what great young men these players were and how upstanding they were like I can remember Pierre Maguire and others on that on the on the world junior panel talking about Mike Richards as a leader being the captain same with Scotty Upshaw and I like I remember these specific specials there was one year where they were I think they were in Finland or Sweden. And one of the things they did was they gave the players a video camera to go behind the scenes and film what they were mm. doing in the hotel. Like that was the year mm. with Dion Fanuf and yeah. all those guys. Like
1: so 2005. The yeah.
0: They had tons of programming dedicated to like selling us this image. And I think that's part of the massive issue here is part of the betrayal of trust is we were sold something about how great these people were. And it's a tournament that everyone loves so much. And so it feels extra dirty now
1: yeah yeah i mean already the fact that it's going to be in august this year feels weird enough but after everything going on i mean if it wasn't for work i mean even then i don't really have the appetite to watch the world juniors and i understand those players might have nothing to do with those with with the alleged incidents or or the lawsuits coming out but like i don't i don't feel I get why people would feel, you know what, they don't want to watch the World Juniors or just take a break from hockey for the rest of the summer. I don't have the appetite for it. I don't. And like you mentioned I, I pun- want to know. Yeah, go ahead, Avery. Sorry.
3: You, you mentioned punishment. You know, the IHHF has to, when, whenever they can, step into a point because the IHHF has suspended countries before or programs before. The IHHF, when this is all said, or when they're able to, should declare that Canada's men's programs, the men's programs only, are suspended indefinitely until this is cleaned up. They should.
1: Wow. If they do that, that would be a very big statement. But you know what? I'm not going to be here to say no to that. Uh, The last thing I'll just say about this, I think I'm thinking a lot of what Rick West had said on the Steve Dangle podcast with regards to these cases kind of coming out because this is obviously not the first time in in issue when it comes to hockey where we've heard stories of players unfortunately going through abuse and rick west had made the point that you know in the 90s or in the 80s when these stories were being discussed that when media would write about these cases that everyone would say hey we have to find a way for these things to not happen anymore and unfortunately, we are still at that point where we are still learning about these things. And at this point, it's it, these things are still going to happen. I, I forget who mentioned it, but it, it's, it's just going to get worse. We're going to know more about these stories. More and more people are going to, and they should, feel empowered to come forward with these stories. And unfortunately, I think we're going to hear more of these stories again, unfortunately. It's all about how we handle them as media people, it's all about how the people in charge, like a Hockey Canada, for the, for example, they, how they handle those situations and how they apply justice when needed and, and what they do for the victims as well. I, 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 I'll try to be optimistic with how I end this part here, but my hope is that as we go through more darkness with the potential of more and more of these stories coming to light, my hope is that because we're knowing about more of these things, that the people in charge will know what to do to handle these situations a lot better and to ensure that they educate young men going forward on how to ensure they don't do any of that stuff. And that's as best as you could hope for, for the future. I think that's, that's as best as you could really put it because again, this is the second year row we're doing, we're doing a, a podcast end of the year and we are talking about the story of sexual assault and how the culture of hockey is broken and is bullshit. It really is, you know, and people say all the time, Hey, you know what? It's, it's good to see people, you know, committing to a, a positive change to that. But seeing stories like hockey Canada, that, that, that breaks a lot of people. I think that breaks a lot of fans from trying to be positive arbiters of change in hockey culture. Um. So yeah, we can, I can totally understand if, people who listen to the show or watch the show, or even amongst you, all four of us, if you, know, you feel shaken in a way because of everything that has transpired over the last few months. But the hope is, is that with more and more of these stories, again, with more darkness coming, people will know that they don't want this to happen again and they will at least find ways to handle it better, whether it's from a media coverage standpoint or just handling a victim of these situations and ensuring that future generations don't repeat those same mistakes. It's a bit of a somber way to end the Zone Time podcast and, and end season two. But, you know, I, I think we've just listened to this podcast. You go back to it. I think it's a perfect duality of Zone Time. We are able to be silly and all, all over the wall. But I think for topics like this, we find ways to, to do it right, I think and I'm really glad that we were able to 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 have an episode on Hockey Canada and talk about it. Omar as always, Sam as always, Avery always great when you're able to tap in. Uh special thanks to Justin Cuthbert, Rehaf uh, Arun uh for tapping in this season as well. Uh second season of Zone Time. It's kind of wild to say. There's been two seasons of this show already. consider it started at the beginning of last year. But this is where we're at with Zone Time. And uh I I would like to think we'll be back better than ever for season three at the start of uh, next season. I hope so. I would like to think so.
2: I think, I think so. so. I think so.
1: I yeah, think we'll the- be fine. I think so. Um, also, uh, if you're bored, you could always check old episodes of In the Mentions with Omar. They're always great. They're always fun. Are you? Are you? You must be on break by now.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We shot our last episode uh, last week, so. Uh, you know, I guess unless something huge happens, like, oh, Boston Matthews is going to go to go to the States. Um, oh, Patrick <laughs> Kane to the Leafs or something.
0: Okay. okay. Omar's going to walk off.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Omar's going to walk off now. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. At this point we look, Hey man, maybe uh, Kyle Dubas is one big deal away from swinging. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, but yeah, check out in the mentions, check out the broadcast with Sam. Uh, always check out stuff from Avery because he's out here doing it. Uh, we'll let you go to your day party. We know you're we've, we've kept you waiting <laughs> <laughs> from doing the recording. And also thank you everybody uh, for watching and listening to zone time throughout this year. We'll be back uh, next season and uh, subscribe to the YouTube page, subscribe to this podcast feed, wherever you listen to podcasts and we'll be back when we'll be back. So uh, thanks so much again, guys. Peace.